we're in Joshua, the 14th chapter. Oh my goodness, wait till you see this chapter. It is one of those chapters that you might want to preach at a place where you want to encourage people that there is um, more for them, that there are things to, to consider and to do with our lives. And, and just the Bible is so, it's so uplifting and so wonderful. And uh, I, I'm very excited about, uh, about this place in Scripture. Because all of the others, and this is the same, it, it, it shows the inheritance of the land that is given to a man to, the, to a man called Caleb. Now Caleb and Joshua were the two spies that some 45 years ago, when this is written, 45 years before this was written, they went into Canaan with 10 other spies. You remember the story, don't you? And, and ten of the other spies came back and said, they're giants in the land. They're just too big. I mean, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And, and Caleb and Joshua stood up and said, no, absolutely not. God told us He's going to give us this land. This land is ours. We go in and take it. And the people became afraid. And they sold out. They decided not to go into the land. And so they lost that very blessing. Now comes, 45 years later, Caleb. Now, Joshua is going to give him a portion of his inheritance, the land. And what we're going to notice is that, I call this, this, this message the fountain of youth. Because Caleb says, I'm 85 years old. But I'm as strong today as I was when I went into the land 45 years ago. And what I want you and me to see when we walk out of here today is what made him so vital, so, so full of vigor and energy. What gave him the strength? Okay, I'm going to tell you. But I'm gonna, I'll tell you. What the heck. It is because he wholly followed the Lord his God. Over and over again, six different times in Scripture, we're going to note that, it's, that he says over and over again, Caleb wholly followed the Lord his God. And that's what invigorated him. That's what gave him his strength. It wasn't that Caleb was some extraordinary guy. It was that Caleb understood and hooked himself into the very God of this universe and gave him the energy, the strength to do what God called him to do. And what you're going to note, I'm telling you the whole message, I can't believe this. What you're going to note is that he goes in and he, oh, I'm not going to tell you, wait, you're going to have to wait. It's, it's too much, I mean, I, we'd have to close in prayer. <laughs> and I don't want to do that, I want to, I'm so happy about this place in Scripture. Because it, um, it kind of varies from what we've been reading so far. You know, we've been reading about the, the, just the overcoming of, of just blood and guts, really. And, and just the, the division of the land. But all of a sudden we see this guy Caleb. And, 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 and I, I can't help but be excited about him. Now, I want to read chapter 14. And I've told you a little bit about what's taken place. I want you to note, Caleb, in my opinion, says he has found the fountain of youth. In other words, his secret is that he is as young and vigorous today as he was some 45 years ago. He's 85 years old and what it is, as you'll note in verses 8 and 9, is that he fully followed the Lord his God. But it mentions that other places. But let's read chapter 14 
and see what takes place because there's more to it. I've le- I kept something away. Now, these are the territories which the sons of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the household of the tribes of the sons of Israel apportioned to them for an inheritance by the lot of their inheritance as the Lord commanded through Moses for the nine tribes and the half tribe. Verse 3, For Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half tribe beyond the Jordan, but he did not give an inheritance to the Levites among them. For the sons of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they did not give a portion to the Levites in the land except cities to live in, with their pasture lands for their livestock and for their property. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh. And the Kenizzite said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me at Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went with went went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, the Lord has let me live, just as he spoke these forty-five years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am 85 years old today and I am still as strong today as I was in the day of Moses when he sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed Caleb and gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, until this day, because he followed the Lord of God, the Lord God of Israel, fully. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba, for Arba was the greatest man among Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. There is so much in that one chapter. I cannot be, I cannot wait to begin to hopefully encourage you of what it is in the heart of Caleb that can be in your heart, in my heart as well. And we're going to note some things at the end of this chapter that Caleb says that ought to bless you beyond measure. And what he does and what he inherits is a blessing from God. And I want you and I want me to receive this same blessing. And it's a matter of our attitude towards God. 
if we will become a people who fully follow the Lord our God. I believe He is more than willing to bless us abundantly. Let's pray. Father, would you please open up our hearts and our minds so that we might behold wonderful things from your word? Would you, Father, move me aside, please? Would you uh, allow us to hear from your heart? Let us see the, the very heart of Caleb. Let us see what made him such a man of energy and such a man of devotion to you that he fully desired to follow you all the days of his life. And may we understand that principle. May we understand the whole idea of following you. Father, when it, when it really boils down, when we get to really look at everything about you, Father, we have no reason not to follow you all the days of our lives. Woe to any of us that want to take control of our lives and control of the situations that we might be in rather than fixing our eyes on you, rather than seeing what you're doing, where you're going, so that we might move with you. And then we would fall under the blessings, the strength that you pour out upon people who desire to follow you wholly with all of their lives. So, Father, please, please teach us. I pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Caleb's 85 years old, folks. He's 85 years old. And yet, he says, by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, when he says that he is as strong when he was 85 as in the day when Moses sent he and Joshua into Canaan as spies to spy out the land. Joshua and Caleb were certain of one thing, and that was that God would make Israel victorious. Why? Because God said, I will make you victorious. And so they simply believed God at His word. While the other ten spies and the rest of the people did not. The, the other spies, they saw how big these people were. When, look at the end of this, this chapter. When, 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 um, when, in verse 15... When, when Caleb goes into this place called Hebron, which was formerly Kiriath Arba, Arba was one of the greatest men among Anakim. Anakim was the giants. Anakim was the, the race of people that were big. They were the race of people that when they saw them, the ten others, well, all twelve of them, when they saw them, they got frightened. These guys are huge. They're all Shaquille O'Neal or whomever. They're just big and we can't deal with them. They're beyond our capabilities. We're like grasshoppers in their sights. We can't win. When in fact, God said, yes, you will. Go on. You're going to have victory. It is my victory you'll have, not yours. By the way, let's stop there for just a second. That's the issue. The issue is, what you and I receive is all God. It's none of us is ours. None of what we do, none of who we are. We might think that we're carving a path for ourselves, but just look at what's happening in this world today. Not only in the United States of America, where we're going through this state of, of, of everybody losing money left and right, but the whole world. And they're saying, can this whole world tumble? You know, all God did probably was take some of the money out. Yeah, I'll take it out. Now watch. Now watch them scatter. 
And that's what we're doing. We're all running all over the place, scared to death. What's going to happen to this world in which we live, thinking that we've carved our way into this life in which we live, when in fact it's God. And so the sooner you and I learn that it is God that is moving us, that is God allows us to do whatever it is that we do, the better off we're going to be, and the more we're going to trust Him for what He tells us we ought to do. So all the others saw the giants in the land instead of listening to the Word of God. And so they accepted all the others, the ten other spies and the, the, all the other people, and now Joshua and Caleb along with them because they went along, they accepted second best, really worse, worse than second best. Because they wanted to go back to Egypt, of all things, back into slavery. They thought that slavery was going to be better than their freedom. They just lost all perspective because they thought they were in charge, when in fact, God was in charge. Just as He is today, by the way. Nothing's changed. So I say to you, first thing we need to hear, is it is unwise for you and me to ever take our eyes off of Jesus Christ and look at what might happen concerning maybe our circumstances or any giants that you have in your life that seems to be scaring you. And you shudder because of fears and doubts. I want you to hold your place here, please, and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. It's a, it's a favorite place of mine in Scripture. Um, Hebrews is right near the end of the, Old, of the New Testament. You go to the last book, book of Revelation, and then turn to your left. You'll go past Jude and First, uh, Second, Third John and Second and First Peter, and then you'll hit James, I believe. Yes, and then after James comes Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter twelve, it's such a it's such an interesting place in Scripture. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse one says there this. Therefore, since you and I, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside all our encumbrances, every encumbrance. And, and, and also the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now here's how. The writer of Hebrews says this. Let's, verse 2, fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross. He despised the shame, and now He has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him, it says in verse 3, who has endured such hostility by sinners against Himself, so that, so that, folks, you and I might not grow weary and lose heart. When the giants seem to overtake us, when it seems to be that there is a problem in your life or my life that seems to be just encompassing all that we are and, and, and just kind of overwhelms us, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith. So that in the midst of all of this turmoil, you and I will not grow weary and lose heart. He is in control. No doubt. It might not look like it, but you and I need to get to that place where we understand that our eyes have to be fixed on Him in the midst of turmoil. 
back, please, to Joshua chapter 14. I want to, well, actually, stop at Matthew on the way. Matthew chapter 14. Because I want to show you something. There is another very infamous moment when someone very close to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ took his eyes off of him in the midst of a turmoil and the results turned out to be just terrible. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. Let me give you the, what's happening. Up to this point, up to this point, the Lord is now walking on the water. Can you believe it? Walking on the water to the boat. And it's the, the storm. The sea is stormy. Sea is stormy. And he's walking out to the boat. They see someone in the distance and they think it's a ghost. Peter says in verse 28 of chapter 14 of Matthew, Lord, if that's you, could you command me to come to you on the water? Now, why he ever asked that, who knows? But who would have even thought he could walk on water? The Lord says to him in verse 29, Come on. Come on, Pete. Come. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water coming towards the Lord. Can you imagine? But he's looking at Jesus. Next verse says, Peter, seeing the storm, seeing the wind, began to what? Sink. It says in verse 30, but seeing the wind, Peter became frightened. What he did was he took his eyes off of the Lord. That wind was there. The sea, he's walking on water, which he cannot do. But he takes his eyes off of Jesus Christ and he sees his circumstances. He becomes frightened. Who wouldn't blame him? And he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. That's the best thing he did. Best thing. I love this next verse because if you just read it and not really think about it, you just get lost in it. Look at the, look at the, the power of Jesus Christ. Immediately, it says in verse 31, Jesus Christ stretched out his hand, took Peter, and he, we know by other accounts, put him back in the boat and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. But just don't stop and just say, Oh, you of little faith. Think about it. Jesus is standing on water, reaches over and picks up this full-grown man, lifts him up and puts him in the boat. The power of our Lord. And then he says to Peter and the rest of the guys, you guys of little faith, little bit of faith, why did you doubt? Could have danced on this water if you wanted to. They got into the boat and the wind stopped. And that's a whole other thing, just the, the control that our Lord and Savior has over the elements. I mean, nature itself, wind, water, everything. Nobody in their right mind would ever think that they could walk on water. But anyone and everyone in their spiritual mind who keeps our eyes on Jesus Christ, even the impossible can become possible to those of us who know and love the Lord and walk according to His purpose. 
When He's called you and me to do something, even the impossible can become possible if we fix our eyes on Him, the author and the perfecter of our faith, so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's go back to, to Joshua. Think with me. Caleb's 85 years old. Why is he not weary? Why isn't he hurting? Why has he not lost his strength and vigor? Oh, it's simple. He's never taken his eyes off of Jesus Christ. He fully followed the Lord, his God of Israel. Now, the giants in the promised land made others trembled, even, even thought of themselves as grasshoppers. But instead, Caleb didn't think about the giants. He thought about God's promises. There is freedom, folks. There is freedom from fear in the heart of a person who has faith in God and trusts in their God. It's just freedom from fear. As John Knox once said, one with God is a majority because God is bigger than the giants. So I ask this question to me as I ask to you, just what and where are our giants today? Where are they troubling you? Where have they got you to a place where you have become doubtful or fearful or perhaps lost heart or feel your vigor kind of wasting away because of whatever it is that's being carried in your heart of hearts? I'm here to tell you, no, I'm here to just remind you what the Bible says to us and that is that our God is greater than all of the things that we might be going through. He's greater. You see, Paul tells us this. You don't need to turn there. It's Philippians 4.13. You can look later. Paul says, I can do. Really, the better word is handle. I can handle all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. I can handle or do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Strength. Strength. Caleb had strength because he held on to a God who was greater than anything and everything that he had to do. You see, God had called Israel to go into the land of Canaan. No doubt about it. Caleb believed God. He believed God's word more than he did his eyesight. Even though those guys had huge fortified cities, even though they were big, big men, warriors, mighty warriors, he believed that with God it could be done. All things can be done through Christ who strengthens us. See, without question, Caleb's secret for his strength, his secret for his fountain of youth was his faith. It's the secret of his life. It's the secret of his strength. In fact, Scripture confirms that statement that I'm making. It's not far-fetched. You see, the secret of Caleb's life, both the length of his life and the strength of his life, was found in the phrase that is repeated over and over again. In fact, it's in, if you'll look, it's in, um, it's in Joshua, 14th chapter, where we are now. It's in Numbers, chapter 14. 
And it's also in Numbers chapter 32, and it's in Deuteronomy chapter 1. In each one of those places, it says over and over again, six times, six times it says that Caleb found his strength. I just added the words found his strength. Caleb wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. That is what I believe gave him his strength, gave him his vigor, gave him his passion. Now, what I want you to see is this is all bonus. Right now comes bonus. Watch. When Caleb, back in Joshua chapter 14, when Caleb went to Joshua, he asked him for a certain section of land. The land that he asked for was... I almost started to cry. The land that he asked for was the land that the other ten spies saw and thought it was too much for them to handle. He says, I I want mountains to climb and I want giants to fight. Because, he says, I still believe God. Look what it says. 85 years old. Caleb did not ask for an easy task. He did not ask for a task that was suitable for an older man. No. Rather, he asked Joshua for mountains to climb. He asked Joshua for giants to conquer. Look at verse 12. Caleb requests in verse 12 what might look to some as a difficult task. Maybe. Maybe. But not with God on his side. And he says, give me, verse 12, give me this hill country. In other words, give me this country that is the hillsides, the mountains, uh, that is difficult to walk, difficult to take care of. Give me the hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Anakim was the descendants of Anak. That was the race of giants. And he says, Caleb says at the end of verse 12, perhaps the Lord God will be with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord had spoken. What a man of God. What a man of God. Let me tell you something, folks. You and I are never too old or too young, for that matter, to make new conquests. You see, all we need is faith. Faith ought to be our guide when we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit of God that fills us. When we confess our sin and stand before God as righteous as we know how, His power will fulfill our lives. And like Caleb, you and I can climb mountains. We can conquer giants if we wholly Follow the Lord our God. That's, that's what I want to leave with you today. No matter how old you might be or young. No matter how tired or how vigorous you might feel. No matter how distressed or on top of the pile you are. You and I must never retire from trusting and serving the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, and with all of our mights. Caleb was truly a man of faith. His strength was simply in the Lord his God. He believed that God would never fail him. And he believed that he would complete the task that God had for him until he was through, until God was through with them, that is. And then he would take him home. I'm not bragging, but that's the same thing that runs through my spirit. 
I don't think, I, I don't, you know, one of my buddies, we're both the same age, we're older than dirt, man, and we talk with each other now like all, like we used to laugh at all of our parents used to talk. All we talk about is <laughs> what hurts you today. Oh, my knees are killing me, you know. Well, I've been to the doctors. I went this, that, and the other, and he keeps telling me, he keeps going to the doctors. And he says, you got to go to the doctor, John. you got to go to the doctor. And I said to him, Bill, I said, with all my, with all due respect, I, I go to the doctor when I have to, but I, you and I are not going to live a second longer than we're going to, and God will give us time. And we're not going to live a, sec- a second shorter than God has given us time. And so I, I, I'm going to go to doctors. I believe that I should go to the doctors, but I'm placing my trust in my Lord. I believe that with all my heart. Caleb was a man of God, a man of faith. He is what God calls in the New Testament an overcomer. I want you to see this place in Scripture because it is... It is monumental. First John, please, chapter 5. He is an overcomer. And an overcomer is purely and simply a person that has faith in his God. First John 5, chapter, chapter 5, I should say, um, is a very, very dear place to me in the Word of God. It's dear because it was the one place, I think, that really moved me to believe and trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's later in the first, in the fifth chapter where it says, and the witness is this, that God has given us everlasting life. And this life is in His Son, Jesus Christ. And he or she who has the Son of God has life. And he or she who has not the Son of God has not life. These things, it says in verse 13, I have written to those who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that they might know, that they might know that they have everlasting life. That changed my life. But it's really dynamic. And this chapter starts in verse 1. It says, Whoever. I, I love that word whoever there because it doesn't matter what denomination you are. It doesn't matter what race of people you are. It doesn't matter what nationality. It doesn't matter where you come from. All it matters is whoever believes. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, that person is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child, Jesus Christ, who is born of Him. It goes on to say in verse 2, John writes, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. Make note of that. Verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. For goodness sakes, people. For goodness sakes, people. It doesn't take a genius to read how serious God is concerning His Word, His commandments. For any church to open their doors and not study the Word of God is blasphemy it's a slap in the face of God for this it says in verse 3 is the love of God we keep his commandments because his commandments are not burdensome now verse 4 and verse 5 whatever is born of God overcomes the world you want to overcome the world well this is the victory it says in verse 4 that has overcome the world it is of course your and my what faith Faith is the key that opens up the door, unlocks the door of every entrance that you and I will ever have to go into with God. Faith is the same today as it was in the day of Adam and Eve. Faith has never changed. They looked with faith forward to the Messiah. We looked with faith backward at the Messiah. And we all meet at the foot of the cross and the tomb and the grave where Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We come to Him by faith. That is the victory that has overcome this world. 
verse 5, who is the one who overcomes this world but the person who believes or has faith in the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Back, please, to Joshua. So Caleb's fountain of youth was simply that he wholly and fully followed the Lord his God of Israel. So it says in verses 13, 14, and 15, this is where the study of the Word of God becomes so amazing, so fantastic, so you can go deeper than than you could ever imagine. We could read verses 13, 14, and 15 and miss the greatest point in the world. Watch. Verse 13, Joshua blessed Caleb. He gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb. Caleb asked for Hebron. I'm going to show you why in a moment. It is to this day because, because it says at the end of 14, Caleb followed the Lord God of Israel fully. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba. For Arba was the greatest man among Anakim. Anakim, as I've already explained to you, was the giants. It was the giants that everyone was afraid of 45 years ago. And Caleb is saying, let me at them. Let me show these people that these giants are nothing when God's in control. And so Caleb resides in Hebron. Hebron was the place, listen, where Abraham resided when he, was, when he left and, and, and started the nation. Hebron means communion. It means fellowship with God. Watch how it all ties itself together. Caleb wanted to have fellowship with God more than anything else on the face of this earth. He wanted to have communion with his God. And so he asks, he asks Joshua, give me the toughest territory that there is out there. Give me the hillside. Give me the mountains to climb. Give me the giants to fight. I am as young. I am as vigorous. I am as strong today as I was 45 years ago. I'm going to whip those people. And he did. Because he wholly followed the Lord his God. As we close, I want you to think with me. One day, you and I who believe in Jesus Christ are going to be rewarded. We'll see crowns, it tells us. I've never really did a study on that because it's really, it's so irrelevant to me. Because it does say that we're going to cast our, thr- our crowns at the feet of Jesus. We're not going to keep them. Why in the world would we want a crown? Why in the world would we want anything special when Jesus Christ gives us everything that we have? <laughs> Why would I take credit away from my Lord in heaven of all places? Our rewards are not going to be the great amount of work that we happen to do. It's not going to be a position of authority or anything like that either. Our reward is going to be, did we wholly follow the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our strength, with all of our might? That's why I want to leave with you today. I want to leave with you today the greatest privilege that you and I have ever had. 
the most important thing in this life for you and me today is to wholly follow the Lord our God in every decision that we try to make. Caleb is God's man. Caleb walked by faith. You and I can do the same thing. Caleb took Hebron, the place that was mountainous, the place that had giants in it. He wanted that place to show that he was still vital. He wanted that place to show the people that he was still willing and ready to do whatever God had asked him to do. You see, the giants and the mountains didn't bother Caleb. His only purpose was to be next to and follow his Lord and his God by faith. I leave that with you today. I'm going to close in prayer. I want to say something really foolish. A few years back when I was doing ministry with the athletes, I was asked to do chapel before the Rams played the Super Bowl game. So I met with the guys who did chapel. It was really fun. It was most it was really like you could feel uh, you could feel the just the everything in that room. It was so palatable. Is that the right way of saying it? We did chapel and those guys were just couldn't wait to get out on the field. They couldn't wait to play in the Super Bowl game. I got to be on the sidelines through the whole game. I got to watch it up close and personal. It was just amazing. If I were to ask to, to do a chapel for either, uh, who's playing, uh, Pittsburgh or uh, Arizona today, I would, I would give this message. I'd give this message. Your strength is not in who you are. It's not in all the weights that you've lifted. It's not in all the preparation you did. Your strength is when you wholly and fully follow the Lord your God. And I say that to you because I love you with all my heart. Whatever it is that you have that's kind of keeping you, I don't know, troubled, worried, in fear, in doubt, losing your strength, give it to the Lord. It's His anyways. Just fully follow Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your strength. Father God, You are more, more than any of us could ever try to explain. I know I fall short on it, Father, but I, I look at a man called Caleb and I think, why not me? Why not? Why not any of us here in this room? Why not? We have faith. You tell us it doesn't take a lot of faith. It just takes the faith of a mustard seed. Tell us we can move mountains. We have faith. We need to place that faith in you and you alone. Trust in you for everything that we do. All that we are. And Father, we... We give those giants that are in our lives right now that are bogging us down, we give them to you. Now give us the faith and the wherewithal to walk through it. Strengthen us, Father. I pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. I love you all more than I can tell you. Have a wonderful day today and I'll see you next Sunday. I can't wait. See you next Sunday.